You're listening to episode number 18 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, and today we're throwing it back to an interview that I did with the one and only Jenna Kutcher on her show, The Goal Digger Podcast. Many of you already know Jenna, but if you don't, she is an absolute business genius, lady boss, and just an incredible role model for women everywhere in the areas of confidence, self-love, and chasing your biggest goals. And if you know me, you know that all of that stuff is right up my alley. Basically, she is one of my number one inspirations and mentors in business and in life. And I have the huge honor of knowing her personally as well. I know you guys will absolutely love her and her podcast if you haven't gotten to know them already. But in this interview, Jenna asked me all about what it's been like to kind of grow up in the fitness social media spotlight, how I've found my voice with thousands of people watching, my personal tips for standing out in a saturated industry, how to stay confident in what you have to offer and who you are at your core, and how I've been intentionally extremely vulnerable and open during some of the most trying seasons of my life so far. As always, we're keeping it super real, super honest, super open, and I cannot wait for you to hear me on the other side of the microphone today. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Marie, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm just so excited to hang out with you. I'm so pumped and I feel like this will be just the best conversation. We were talking a little bit before we started and we just got into some really good stuff already. So I know I was like, um, I have to hit record because (laughs) why are we talking about this without letting everyone else in? And I think what is so fun about podcasts is, you know, it's really just letting people sit in on our conversations. And guys, I've been following Marie for a few months now. And when I saw just what she was doing and the transition she's making and kind of where she's at, she's 22 years old, like, oh my heaven. So let's just start off and have everyone share kind of who you are, what your life looks like and what your journey has been so far. Yeah. So like you said, I'm 22 years old. I'll be 23 next month. It's my golden birthday on the 23rd. And I was born and raised in Minnesota, but I currently live in Los Angeles. And then I'm moving to Texas in a month. So it's been a bit of like a season of change, but I do the social media influencer thing, as it's called, which has been really cool. I graduated with my bachelor's of business administration in marketing, but that was just a year ago. 
And basically, it's been a whirlwind ever since then. And basically, what I do as a social media influencer, as it's called, I'm not sure how I feel about that term, honestly, <laughs> but that's that's the most understandable way to put it. What I strive to do always is to use my platform to educate and empower other people, especially women. And I talk about how to become the fittest, the healthiest, just the best version of yourself. And then of course, along the way, I share all of my personal struggles, all of my victories, all that good stuff along the way. So my background with fitness is kind of a complicated story, but basically I have started from a space where I was really negative. I hated how my body looked. I really wanted to reach this like unattainable, you know, thinspo goal. And I punished myself. I didn't have a healthy relationship with food or exercise. And I kind of went down that rabbit hole and then came out of it and realized, oh, being like strong is really, really cool. I started following bikini competitors on Instagram. So I tried that bikini competition thing. And I went on the national stage and did a bunch of shows. And that was like my thing for a while. And now I really am focused on doing it for health, doing it as a lifestyle and like sharing how to do it in a way that is sustainable and fun and like not so much pressure because that's something that I have like worked through my whole life as being a perfectionist, wanting to be the best, like why do anything if you're not going to be the best of the best sort of mentality. So I'm kind of in this place now where I feel a lot more balanced, a lot more healthy. And I'm really passionate about just sharing that with other people instead of like, here's me prepping for a show, grind every day, like no days off sort of thing. So that's where I'm at now. But my background with fitness has a lot of different layers, including being a collegiate athlete, including trying powerlifting, just all sorts of stuff. And then I guess another thing, another layer to my story is that I have two autoimmune diseases, one of which I was diagnosed with just like two months ago. And then another one I've been working through like basically as long as I can remember. So that's, of course, another layer to the health and fitness slash story of my life. Isn't that crazy? So what was your path then after you finished school? What did it look like? Because I feel like if you told your parents, I'm going to be a social media influencer, yeah. they'd probably be very confused. So yeah. what did that look like for you in terms of growing your platform and knowing like, hey, I could actually make a living from doing this? Right. So honestly, I was really just kind of thrown into this role. I started my Instagram account. That's the first social media I ever had. And I started like five years ago, a little over five years ago now. And that was before fitness social media or really social media was like an industry that it is mm -hmm. today. So I just started as like a way to follow people and stay accountable to myself. I never really planned to like grow it strategically, but I've realized that I've always been very like marketing minded and I've always been good at communicating and like getting a story across. So I think mm -hmm. that definitely helped me. But it grew very organically. They saw me like posting every day. They saw me, you know, working to get good pictures with good lighting and like, you know, staging my recipes and stuff like that. And I came out with recipe ebooks and made a good bit of like money in that little side hustle while I was still in high school. So they saw me kind of like being or like planting the seeds of entrepreneurship, I guess, mm -hmm. as it was building. But they definitely didn't realize that it could be a viable career. Because when I told them that I got a full time job offer after my marketing internship, 
and I turned it down. <laughs> they were <laughs> not super happy about it. They were like, are you nuts? Like, this is what you went to school for? Because I did really go to school thinking that I would land like a corporate marketing job. And I was mm -hmm. honestly pretty excited about that. Like, that doesn't sound awful still to this day. But they just thought I was nuts, honestly. And what it took for me to have them understand and like fully support my vision was to sit down with them, go over like my budget, my roles on social media, what I plan to do and like just kind of laid out my plan, which actually turned out being a good thing for myself too, like good exercise. But until I really sat down and showed them like, here's my budget, here's like what I'm going to be doing in Los Angeles, all this stuff, they really had no idea like the magnitude of what social media influencing can be. Isn't that crazy? I know. I feel like we are kindred spirits, both being from Minnesota. And I think that a lot of times trickles in that small town mentality. I yeah. know even where we live right now, like a lot of my friends don't have Instagram and they don't understand what growing a following is. And it's beautiful because I think it keeps me balanced, Definitely. but it's also, it makes it really complicated in talking about what you do. And you feel like your elevator pitch is really like an hour long soliloquy about yeah. how you actually make a living. Doing. Right. So what was the hardest part for you about diving into the fitness world and kind of crafting your own place in a super saturated industry? Yeah, definitely. So I taught myself everything. And I think that was probably the hardest part. Like I didn't really have a mentor or anyone close to me who understood or really supported what I was trying to do just with fitness in general, especially with the social media side of things. Yep. But I think that's also why I'm so passionate about sharing my knowledge and my experience is because I don't want other people to have to struggle as much as I did. And I don't want them to have so much frustration and loneliness and all the BS that I dealt with when I was starting out. So I definitely had a lot of resistance, a lot of doubt. And I even was like bullied once people found out about my Instagram, like cyberbullied, bullied in person, like the day that everyone in high school found out about it. I think I had like 10,000 followers at the time. And it had been like an anonymous account because I knew that this would happen <laughs> if people found out about it. And the yeah. day people found out, I like went home crying. I made my account private. I thought like the world was ending. <laughs> Thankfully, oh I stuck with it. But it's definitely hard to embark on a new journey, whether it's fitness or a career or whatever it is, if people around you don't understand or don't support it or can't, you have no mentor or guidance. So it's definitely difficult to dive in, but I'm glad I stuck with it, of course. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I have learned, and we were talking prior to the show, we have a mutual friend, Amanda Bucci, who is on this podcast as well. And there is just so much opinions in the fitness mm -hmm. world. And I think too, you know, it's one of those things where your average person loves to follow those accounts because they're inspiring. And it's, it's like watching somebody literally transform before your eyes. But yeah. also it gives people this space to comment on your physique, on your body, on your body composition, on your workout. So what has it looked like? Because I mean, to be honest and not to talk down, but you're young and the older I get, the less impressionable I am. Yeah. But man, like comments still hurt. And so what has it been like to navigate some of that? Because I have honestly never seen an industry react so oh, yeah. deeply as yeah. a fitness one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very reactionary and especially the last couple years, I think it's gotten kind of a like 
mob mentality in mm-hmm. a way, which has been very interesting, but it definitely is hard to like put your physique and your life depending on how open you are, but it's hard to put everything on display, especially like as a woman, our society is already really hard on our body image and all that stuff. So it's really interesting, especially the way I've personally, my body has changed a lot since I started social media. I started out, you know, I thought I was overweight. I really wasn't, but then I got really thin and then I got, you know, I gained a bunch of weight and then I did preps for bikini competitions and got tiny and shredded. And now I've put more weight on, but I'm a lot healthier. And like people have Mm -hmm. seen me go through all these different phases of fitness. And unless you literally disclaim everything, unless you give every ounce of information in every piece of content you put out, which is impossible, then people always make assumptions, they'll always make judgments, and they won't ever understand the full story. So it's definitely something that's hard, especially when you yourself are like struggling with what's going on with your body or your mind or your health or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And as far as people being reactionary, that's definitely difficult, especially when you're trying to grow your business and like impact people in new ways. People are very judgmental in that sense. And when you are trying to kind of like break the status quo or do something different, it's oftentimes met with a lot of resistance. And Amanda has definitely experienced this. I've definitely experienced this. And the main thing that we've talked about a lot, and the main thing is if you feel like you're an integrity and you feel like your audience and the people that you are trying to reach see the value, then you're doing a good job and you just have to kind of you know, block those people out. Because if you try to reason with them or argue with them, it's just not going to go well. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy seeing what people feel like they're at liberty to discuss, especially on strangers' lives. Mm So one thing that I'm just so curious about, and I think it's a little known fact that the fitness industry can be full of competition and self-conscious feelings and smoking mirrors with posing and trying to measure up. So what has your experience been with this, especially as you're growing a big following and you're kind of embarking on this new thing? What has that looked like? Yeah. So when I first started, I really didn't realize all of those nuanced layers in this Mm -hmm. space. And I was very naive to all of it. But then again, the social media fitness scene was very much still in its baby stages, like really the most people saw about like bodybuilding and that sort of stuff. And like women lifting was just in like muscle magazines and stuff like that. So it's understandable that there was not a lot of information for me. But as Mm -hmm. the space has grown, as I've grown in it, and the more I've learned about like the dark sides, the smoke and mirrors, all that not so great stuff, the more I've, I guess, solidified my purpose and like what I want to do in here. And even though all that stuff sucks, and is really draining at times, it again, solidifies my mission to be the light and be a source of trustworthy information, trustworthy inspiration, because there is a lot of opportunity to be misled, misinformed, taken advantage of. And that's sad, especially in the fitness industry when people just really want to, you know, improve themselves. And it's not necessarily always coming from a positive place. Sometimes it's coming from a negative place like minded. But at the end of the day, people just want to feel like happier and healthier and more confident in their bodies. And they have like good intentions. So it's it sucks to see people taken advantage of. And I've definitely, even though I know what's going on, I've definitely been a victim to that stuff myself especially gaining weight or 
just not things aren't going the way you were hoping. It's so hard to see people on social media who have like in your mind an ideal physique and it's really easy to think like, oh, it's probably easier for them. It's probably like they probably haven't had to work as hard as me or, you know, they probably have just really good genetics. It's easy to look at other people and just like feel crappy about the cards you were dealt or where you're at. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, especially when it comes to body image, like some people are just born with different body types. Like I know for me, like I could never be a size two, like my bones would just never do that. And, you know, one thing that I love about following you is that you inspire me because I can see myself in your strength. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing because I don't follow bodybuilders because one, I know my body isn't even capable of looking like that. Two, I know I wouldn't do the work to do that. And so when I'm super specific about who I'm letting influence my life, I want it to be people that make me feel like something's possible. Right. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that you can do. And I think it's so much more relatable. You know, what was it like going from the competitive environment of competing in the body physique stuff and then transitioning and saying like, this isn't what I'm going to maintain. Like this isn't feasible. What was it like for you personally? And then what was it like taking your audience on that journey with you? Right. So personally, it was it was really hard because I kind of had self-identified as a competitive bodybuilder. That was who I was. I was Marie Wold Fitness. Like I was the fitness person, you know, and like in college, everyone was kind of referred to me as like, oh, you're that Instagram bodybuilder girl (laughs) and that sort of thing. So I very much identified with that side of my life. And once I realized that competing wasn't fulfilling me anymore, it wasn't necessarily the healthiest choice I could be making for my body or my mind. Once I kind of came to terms with that, it was really hard because I had to kind of build a new identity and like figure out who I actually was underneath that like fitness competitor exterior, I guess. And as that shifted that opened me up to, you know, having to shift my social media too. And a lot of people had followed me for like preps, other people that are competitors, or they just find that stuff really interesting, which it is. It's very intriguing because it's very extreme and just not something you see every day. So I had a lot of people that were really invested into my content because I talked about my preps. And once I kind of, you know, announced or whatever that I wasn't going to be competing anymore. I had a lot of people just like flat out unfollow me or say, you know, that you weren't cut out for this to begin with or, you know, whatever they were thinking. And I did have a lot of people though, that are like my core tribe, my Mm -hmm. real supporters. And they were like, Oh, I am so happy that you realize that this isn't, you know, the right fit for you. I can't wait to see what you do next. So with any sort of like pivoting I've done, I've always had the people that are like disappointed or whatever that my content is changing or that their source of entertainment is changing or whatever it is. But I've always had kind of that core group, that core tribe that is just happy that I'm doing what makes me happy and happy that I'm doing what's right for me. And they're just like along for the ride. Oh, I know. I feel like one of the trends that I hear on this show when I interview people that have big followings is that a lot of times 
it's the extremes that pull people in mm-hmm. but sometimes people just like to watch like a car crash or you yeah. know a burning building not in the sense that your content is that but they want to see the extremes and once yeah. that's done they move on to the next and i know that a lot of my friends have experienced that whether it's when they're dealing with grief or loss or something and then once people think like oh they're fixed they move on and yeah. like you said those aren't your people anyways but it's still it can play with your head. So what has it looked like in terms of navigating social media with a big following with a lot of opinions with criticisms, and you know, people interjecting what they think you need to be doing? How have you navigated that? And have you put any boundaries in place to kind of help you? Uh, That's a tough question. So I used to really focus on like the metrics. So how is my engagement with this content? How is my engagement with this picture? And as I stepped away from the competitive world, I was like, oh my God, my engagement's going down. Like I'm losing my audience. I'm losing followers. What's like, I'm just doomed sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I was getting so much attention and growing so much from posting my eight pack and like showing people my competition photos and stuff like that. And that was drawing so many people in. But over time, I realized that I wasn't making like that much of an impact on people because the competition world, not that everyone is this way and you can absolutely like avoid this, but I found that I was very self-absorbed and I really only cared about my prep. I really only cared about my grades and then like the few people that were close to me, but those relationships suffered too. And I wasn't really providing that much value to people other than shock value and entertainment value. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't you know, being like the role model that I wanted to be because I wasn't, I was being selfish. And I found that even though I was getting really good engagement, that doesn't mean I was necessarily impacting people. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I've been focusing on basically for the last year or so is figuring out who I am outside of the competitor and how that, how my true identity and my true like skill set and knowledge can give value to people. And it's so much beyond like, here's my eight pack, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it's can be anything, but engagement and like number of likes or number of followers is just scratching the surface of, you know, what you should base your value on. Like you really shouldn't base your value on that stuff at all. So I've learned to base my value on how am I helping people? How am I you know, empowering people to be their best selves? How am I keeping my body and mind healthy? Like, how am I filling my own cup? How am I filling others cups? And just trying to juggle all of that stuff. But it's definitely been a great lesson that, you know, engagement and the numbers really aren't a testament to the work you're doing. Let's be honest, we all have this love-hate relationship with Instagram. We find ourselves scrolling, we're hashtagging our way into oblivion, trying to crack the code on how to get more followers, and we're straight up exhausted from the rat race. I get it. That is why I want to help you. This show is made possible with the help of my totally free Insta resources to help you write captions that convert, to use hashtags that actually connect you to your dream clients, and so much more. Hop on over to jkinsta.com and get your hands on my resources created with you in mind. That's right. It's free 99 and it is waiting for you over at jkinsta.com. Go dig on in and I'll see you over on the gram. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about moving to LA, which yeah. we said, you know, is the mecca of the health and fitness industry and right. the influencers and the social media people. What does it look like? Because you're probably so much more aware in LA that there are a lot of people doing what you're doing and that there are a lot of people that look different than you or that mm-hmm. do things differently. What does it look like, you know, making that big move and like, how has that influenced the kind of content that you put out? Yeah. When I first moved out here, I was still somewhat identifying with like the bodybuilder type identity. And so it was really cool because I was working out at Gold's Venice, which is the mecca of bodybuilding. Like Mm -hmm. a ton of professional bodybuilders go there. Like Arnold still works out there sometimes. And like you see, you know, kind of fitness celebrities every single day, people are shredded and like doing crazy workouts. And it's really an intriguing environment. It's a very intense, extreme environment. And that was cool for a while. But then once I started doing more digging into my own stuff that was going on, I was like, okay, this lifestyle is not for me anymore. This level of extreme dedication and extreme like dieting and working out is still like still impressive. And I still absolutely respect people that, you know, take it to that level. And I've Mm -hmm. been there. So obviously I saw the draw, but I'm just so past it now that I'm just not drawn to it anymore. I don't even have a membership to Gold's Venice anymore because I just don't connect to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And moving to LA and being around so many people that are so passionate about it and are so sure of their goal or their intention or whatever, like they have so much clarity about it actually taught me or proved to me that I didn't have that same level of passion for it. Like I thought that it was something that I wanted to do. And I thought that it was something that I really cared about. But seeing all of these other people who have 10 times more passion for it made me realize like, oh, crap, maybe (laughs) I don't care about this as much as I thought that I did. So that was kind of a come to Jesus type situation when I got here and like saw what everyone else is doing. And of course, the comparison game started. Of course, I went through feeling inadequate or like not good enough to be a fitness person and all sorts of different like self-doubt stuff. But basically, it taught me that I value very different things than extreme health. Well, not health, but extreme fitness stuff. Mm. I've learned that I'm really not the best fit for Los Angeles or Los Angeles isn't the best fit necessarily for me. But it was a super valuable learning experience. And obviously, being around so many people that are in the same industry as me has been very motivating, very eye-opening. And I've learned a lot. (laughs) I definitely don't regret moving out here. But yeah, like I said, it's not necessarily the best fit. It's so funny. I was on an interview the other day and someone was asking me about our town here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, so there's like three stoplights and um, everyone waves at everyone when you drive by <laughs> yeah. and, and they were kind of belittling me and it, it wasn't intentional, but they were like, oh, sweet Midwest. And yeah, it was like, you know, honestly, I feel like these roots keep me grounded and Definitely. it helps me to, to be unique because I'm not in that sea. So what did you decipher? Because I mean, you're a Midwest girl at heart. So mm-hmm. what is it that made you stand out from others in the industry? Like what is that unique selling proposition that is Marie? 
Yeah, I think one thing that I've really stayed true to and stayed grounded to throughout everything has been that I'm very open and authentic, or at least I try my very best to be in my content. And that's always what people say if they meet me at expos or if they are emailing me or whatever it is, they just typically say that they really appreciate how relatable and honest that I am. And I think that's because I do share like my thought process as I'm going through all these different changes. I share what I'm experiencing as I'm experiencing it. And I think a lot of people, and this is totally fine, everyone has their own approach, but a lot of people will, you know, show their transformation as a before and after. But I always strive to show the during because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to only show the finished product, but you showing like the messy in between part that isn't so glamorous, isn't so impressive yet is what people relate to. It's what people, you know, grab onto and they feel like they can do it too. Because Mm -hmm. if you're just showing the finished product, then they're like, oh, I can never achieve that. I have no idea how to do it. But if you're taking them along, then, you know, they're empowered to do the same. And just that like openness and authenticity, I think resonates with a lot of people. I never try to like talk down to people or put myself on a pedestal. Like I always talk to them as though they're my friends, like we're just sitting down and chatting, you know, so I think that's a big thing that sets me apart. And then also just always sharing my my story, because that's what makes us all different. You know, everyone in the fitness industry is similar in that they love fitness, and they love eating right and all that stuff. But everyone has a different story. And as long as you're able to storytell in a way that people can connect with and in a way that people find helpful and entertaining, then you can probably have an audience, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think that you've done a really great job of building a brand and not just a business and your brand Thank is you. you. It's like you're beating heart. It's not, you know, this marketing plot or scheme. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that that's amazing. So one thing I've always been so curious about, and I think that every industry holds maybe the issues like this, but let's talk about relationships within the industry and like how you navigated them moving to LA and being around all these other women. And what have you learned from them? And is it competition or is it true community? And how do you kind of decipher which one it is? Yeah, I've dealt with both the competition and the community, of course, but I'm really, really blessed to have an awesome group of close girlfriends. Like there are five of us who are just super close, very supportive with one another. We know that there's room for all of us at the top and we don't, you know, like sabotage each other or give crappy advice on purpose. Like we are always open to working through one another's issues. Like we all have different gifts and different kind of passions within the general fitness scene. So we don't see each other's competition, but there definitely is a lot of that. And there are a lot of people that see the success of others as a threat to them. And then there's also people who try to use the success of others as like their own ladder, I guess. So one thing that I've been through, not been through, but just experienced a lot is people wanting to quote unquote collab or Mm -hmm. hang out and film a video together. But like, They've had zero interaction with me, zero interest in my life until I grew a following or until they were in my town and wanted to, you know, get together or whatever it is. So that definitely happens where people are only interested in connecting with you for their own benefit. And 
honestly, when that happens, I just say, Hey, I'd love to like grab coffee with you or something. And like, I would love to actually get to know you (laughs) instead of just getting together so we can film a video and like get subscribers off of each other or whatever it is. And that's definitely something that's very common, especially with social media is everyone just wants to get on everyone else's channels and all that stuff. So it's really interesting, but it does get easier to figure out like who is really in it because of who you are as a person versus who you are as a brand or what your platform has to offer them. And thankfully there are really good people in it. Like all of my best friends are all social media influencers pretty much. And that's been really awesome because we can talk about, you know, like, oh my goodness, this person said something really awful about me in this comment and I feel upset about it. Like, should I reply? And they're like, no, don't (laughs) reply. (laughs) Like, it's okay. Or like, if you do reply, you should definitely say this. And like, I feel like most people that aren't in the social media world wouldn't necessarily be able to relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely super helpful to have friends that do get it and can provide, you know, support from within our community or our corner of the internet, as I like to call it. (laughs) Absolutely. I think one thing that I've learned, and I'm sure you've learned too, is it's better to just have a very few like close friends than to have this like generalized, like, I don't know, like we hang out kind of people like my time and my energy are so limited. And if I'm going to invest in a friendship, like I want to be all in. And I think that when you grow a platform or when you are more of a public figure or your life is more out there, people want access to you and to what you have. And it gets so it gets so hard because those requests, it's, you know, saying yes to them is saying no to your life or your husband or your time with your family or whatever that looks like. And so I think that that's such good advice. And I totally agree that it's so hard when people reach out and want to take advantage of that platform because, you know, I pay attention to who comments on stuff and I watch right. for people that engage. And if somebody reaches out and I've never heard them, like, yeah, you know, to me, it's just like, oh man, like you're missing the point. And so yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I love how you kind of navigate that. So I want to know what is your advice in terms of pivoting? And I think, you know, something that's been so fascinating and wonderful about watching you is I think you're, you're pivoting in a really big way, especially in the new year and just kind of trying to find like what that alignment is and then how to make the biggest impact. So talk a little bit about the transition that you're kind of feeling right now and going through and what that looks like. Right. So Right now, I'm really working on not totally transitioning or like going away from what I'm doing currently, but focusing more on education and giving people the tools that they really need to take their lives to the next level, really. And I like teaching about that stuff through health and fitness because I believe it can be a really powerful catalyst for change in general. And I've experienced that in my own life. But like I said, I used to very much be like surface level and people really like double tapping pictures of my abs or my workouts or whatever it was. And over the past year or so, I've really found a passion in sharing information. And that's actually why I started YouTube like two years ago. I was like, I want to teach people how to calculate macros, but the Instagram caption limit is too short. (laughs) So I just started making like educational sit down videos. And then I kind of got away from that stuff and just was a little bit more surface level. But I'm really finding 
my passion for the educational role again. And I've come out with a course all about fat loss, which is, you know, a huge pain point for a lot of people. And it's kind of made out to be this very mysterious process that like you can only achieve through skinny tees and waist trainers and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff that you see. So I am really passionate about providing evidence-based, healthy, sustainable answers, people's fitness problems, I guess you could call them. And people are responding generally pretty well to having more like educational content. It's not necessarily as flashy or sexy as not that I'm ever like scandalous, but you know what I mean? In terms of like being shiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just not as shiny as, you know, showing your abs or whatever. So it's been difficult to deal with that because like I said, engagement goes down. You're not getting as many people like, oh my God, physique goals or whatever. (laughs) But you are getting more people who are taking away real value and you're getting people who you're changing the trajectory of their journey, which is the most rewarding thing ever. So to know that I saved someone from going into a spiral of like, restricting their food or, you know, punishing themselves with fitness, like the more I can make people have a healthy, positive, sustainable relationship with the gym and their diet and all that stuff, it's so worth it. And that's kind of my end goal now, rather than just like seeing how many likes I can get. And it was never really about that. But I did kind of fall into that a little bit when I saw how much attention I was getting just for my physique, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think our egos play a huge role in that. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. I think we all go through that. And, And I think it's so hard to let that piece go because it's something that, you know, nowadays we can get immediate gratification. And I can even see in myself some days, like I can just be rude to Drew and be mean to him. And then I'm like, everyone on the internet likes me. Yeah. You, know, where it's like, <laughs> right. you know, we create these like false stories. And I think that it's hard to shift from that to impact and to really challenge yourself because sometimes it's not the most popular decision. And right. sometimes, you know, people say they only followed you for a reason and you're not fulfilling that, but that's on them and it's not on us. And I think that as influencers, we have to really, really guard ourselves on how we're influenced and pray that the influencers that we're following are doing the same. So talk about a little bit, just your emotional journey in the sense of like what the old Marie is like and kind of how you're feeling these days in terms of making these changes and really striving to make a difference and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Oh man, so many changes. (laughs) So like I said, I was kind of driven by the feedback for a very long time. Like, oh, people like this picture. So I have to post more of that. And there's nothing wrong with like going with what gets engagement, obviously, because the more eyeballs you have on you, the more impact you can make essentially. Mm -hmm. But you can't just post because of that. And you can't just, you know, put out content because it's reaching eyeballs. And the main thing is I was very surface level. I was very driven by what other people thought of what I was putting out versus Mm -hmm. now I have a lot more clarity and I'm more self-assured about what I'm actually trying to do here. Whereas before I was like, I don't really know what my goal is with this whole thing. Like I know that my 
platforms are growing. I know that people like what I'm putting out there, but like, what is actually my goal with this? What impact am I actually trying to make? Because I hear all these successful people talking about how impact is, you know, the goal and how helping people is the goal. But I was like, I don't know how I can help people really in a meaningful way because yeah, I can show them my workouts and yeah, I can show them like what I eat in a day and stuff like that. But does that really make a lasting impact or are people just spending their lives watching me live my life Mm -hmm. sort of thing? So I really don't like the idea of that. And I wanted, like once I realized that I wanted to make an actual impact and what that impact was supposed to look like, the emotional piece became so much easier because I felt in integrity and I felt like I was finally passionate about doing the right thing, I guess. Not that I was doing the wrong thing before, but once you have a sense of direction, you don't have to like deal with justification from everyone else and kind of like just ride a roller coaster of emotions based on how people are perceiving you that day or how your content is going over that day. So when you know what you're doing, when you know what your end goal is, then you're just a lot stronger and a lot more grounded as far as, you know, your emotions fluctuating or feeling attacked or not good enough because people aren't quite understanding what you're doing yet. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that so much. So let's end with some rapid fire questions. I'm sure. so excited. Okay. So if our listeners could do one thing today for their health and fitness, what would it be? Oh boy. Let's see. I think the main thing, and I actually talked about this in my Instagram post yesterday, is to realize that motivation is not going to be what gets you to your end goal. And motivation is one of those shiny things that we talked about where Mm -hmm. everyone is chasing it. It's sexy in the sense you're like, oh, I feel so motivated today. I'm going to kick butt and it's going to be like the best workout ever. And I'm going to eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. But we all know that motivation fades, right? And you Mm -hmm. can't rely on motivation to get you to your goal. Like It can be a really good boost to get you started in the right direction. But the main advice that I have is to make systems and make habits that are going to set you up for success. And like I said, my content is taking somewhat of a less sexy turn because people don't necessarily like to hear that like, oh, motivation actually isn't the secret. It's, you know, making up systems and habits and like Mm -hmm. creating a framework for your life. Like that doesn't sound quite as exciting, but I promise that it is absolutely so helpful. So if you can kind of deconstruct the framework of your life and see if you do have habits in place. Are they positive habits? Are they making the right choice easier or harder? Like for example, this one's so small, but if you open your cupboard, what is the first thing that you see? Is it Mm -hmm. Oreos or is it, you know, like some healthy protein bar or something like that? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. by making the right choice easier, that's just one example of how you can establish better habits and better schedules and structures. So the more you can make things a habit or the more you can set up triggers for doing the right thing, the easier it is going to be to you know, make progress. And the less you're going to have these back and forth mental battles of like, oh, should I go to the gym today? Oh, should I meal prep today? Or should I go out for fast food? You know, so you're having way fewer of those like mental battles and saving your willpower for more important stuff. And one book that I read actually that is really helpful about this is called Better Than Before by Angela Duckworth. And she talks all about how like habits and schedules and structure can just change your life. 
Oh, we will definitely link to that in the show yeah. notes. What is one thing that our listeners could do for their confidence? One thing that has helped me so much deal with my confidence is being aware of my performance and how I feel rather than attaching my worth to how I look. And by the way, I just looked at that book on my shelf and it's actually by Gretchen Rubin, not oh, Angela perfect. Duckworth. Perfect. <laughs> but one thing that has helped me so much with confidence is focusing on what my body can do, what my mind can do rather than the way that it looks. So this kind of goes back to like practicing gratitude and being thankful for the good stuff in your life. Because if you're only fixated on like, uh, my stomach isn't flat today, or like, I feel bloated today. If that's what you're focusing on, then you're missing the bigger picture of like, I'm really grateful that I'm able to like run a mile or do yoga or like whatever it is. So attaching your confidence and your value to just the fact that you are a functioning human being sounds really silly, but it does put things into perspective as far as if you're tearing yourself apart for a physical feature or your business or whatever it is, like that's just such a small part of who you are as a human. And it's silly. I don't want to say silly because it is absolutely a valid you know, emotion and a valid human experience, but it's just, you're missing the bigger picture if you're fixating so much time and energy onto physical attributes. Amen. Oh my gosh. Girl, I get to hang out with Marie all next year, you guys. She's in my mastermind. I am so thrilled because first off, I cannot believe that you're 22, almost 23 years old. That's insane. Um, I've been getting that my whole life. I know. I feel like you've (laughs) code on so many things that people struggle with their entire lives. And I just feel like there is so much exciting things coming from you. And I cannot wait. So where can everybody follow you and kind of check out all your stuff and say thank you for coming on the show? Yeah, I hang out mostly on Instagram and YouTube, where I am both Marie Wold Fitness on both of those. And then I also have Twitter, which is Marie Wold Fit. And then I have a website, which is MarieWoldFitness.com. And that's where you can find like my training guides and apply for coaching and all of that good stuff. Awesome. I can cannot wait. I'm so excited to take advantage of your resources and to hug you in real life. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I feel like I was sitting down with a longtime friend and I knew it would be that way. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, you guys. I love Marie. I am just so, so dumbfounded by her age and just her brilliance and her wisdom. And I think there were so many good takeaways from talking with her. I think that so many of us can get sucked into the metrics and what people want from us. But I think that true happiness and success comes from when we're staying in alignment with what our true calling is. And I think that sometimes it's unpopular to do that. And so trying to figure out how you can show up and serve the world in a way that they can receive it while also staying in true alignment, it's kind of like a unicorn. And I feel like we're all in the pursuit of what that can actually look like. But I feel like Marie is just constantly pivoting and chasing what feels authentic to her. And I think that that's so inspiring as an entrepreneur. 
Another thing that I really loved about our show together was just talking about how every industry is competitive, whether it's the fitness industry, the photography industry, no matter what industry you're in, there are definite clicks, there are definite popularity contests. And I think that what really can come out of it that is so beautiful is just finding those true close friends, those people that are with you through the highest highs and the lowest lows, and really leaning on them and respecting them and supporting them and showing up for them. And I think that a lot of times we can forget how every industry can feel so saturated. We wonder, how can I really do anything that hasn't already been done? But the truth is, is that there is only one you and just simply showing up in a way that represents what you're passionate about and what you're excited about. That's what's going to change the world. So if you want to help change my world, would you just tell us what your biggest takeaway was today? I know for when we interview people, I think it is so fun to say, hey, thanks so much for showing up on Gold Digger. Here's what I learned. And so if you want to hop on over to our Instagram feed at Gold Digger Podcast, let us know what you learned from our conversation today. I know I would appreciate it. And I'm sure Marie would too. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for supporting this stream of mind. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave the show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of this show is for you so your feedback matters plus it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves thank you again for listening and supporting the show and until next time don't forget to grind to be grateful my friends